Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh, brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Pick Packages from long-term winning bettors. Uh, On today's episode, our guest is Derek, NBA and WNBA betting extraordinaire. Derek, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now, I know we got to ask about what the... The betting background is and the experience and all that, but why? Why only basketball? Why no uh, football or anything else like that? Just I'll get into it, but it's because of my strategy. I really ha- like focus on one sport. I really get into the details. Spend a lot of hours analyzing the games and interviews, coach player interviews, um, reading a lot of articles, getting a ton of information. So if anything, I really have to focus on those two sports. I just don't have enough time uh, in my day to be able to look at other sports. Um, Like I said, I'm kind of focused on gathering information, doing a lot of research rather than um, having, you know, doing just you know a couple minutes of research or whatever so very focused approach very cool very cool now have you ever dabbled into the uh the daily fantasy game or is it just betting for you just betting that's it that's it that's it that's all just betting nba and wnba i like that i like that all right so i know you know you talked a little bit about you know kind of how you go through your daily approach but Anything a little more detailed of you know what a what a typical day is like in the in the life of Derek Armstrong? Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> I mean, the uh, the night before, I already start analyzing the next day's game. So usually, you know, I, I, I read a lot about you know the the the, the, the previous uh, the teams, their previous games that they just played, like the interviews of the post game of of those games um and look start crunching some numbers and so forth the night before so this is all before the lines even come out usually especially for WNBA uh the, which the lines are only released the day of the game uh, NBA sometimes you know the lines are released the day before but uh I don't you know for NBA it's usually the day of that uh, I place my bets anyway so yeah the night before you know spent several hours doing the due diligence and research and then the day of you know same thing get up get some information start gathering that info and then you know start uh, looking at the lines and of course kind of doing you know the two-pronged approach so using the information and then also looking at uh, lines line movement you know what others are on and so forth and then kind of uh basing my final decision on on the information and the uh the number side of things and the line movement all right well very cool so i i know that we're we're probably going to be talking more nba on this podcast but i do want to talk about the WNBA. it's in season as we do this podcast here but you know obviously you're not going to have as many press conferences many interviews things like that with the WNBA. so I mean, how is it much harder to to go at a WNBA game? And if so, uh, you know what are like what are the necessary steps that you need to take so that you're above the rest? Yeah, for WNBA, there's definitely less information. It's harder to find the information, but in some ways, it, that kind of makes it easier because um, the information is a little bit more limited. And uh, you can really kind of focus and, and it's a smaller league. So there's, you know, less teams and so forth. So you can really kind of get really into you know, in depth and follow teams really closely, watch a lot of the games, um, you know, read a lot of the articles and watch 
coach and player interviews. So in some ways that kind of makes it easier. Um, and it's out there. You just have to dig and find it. Whereas with the NBA, of course, there's just a wealth of information. So, I mean, I don't even have enough time in my day to kind of, you know, follow every single team, every, you know, every single coach and player and every quote and whatnot. So um, I try my best. And of course, that's part of my strategy. But uh, for WNBA, it's kind of a little bit more limited and makes it a bit easier. So are you seeing that more people are, I guess, more interested in the WNBA knowledge considering, you know, we got more states doing the legalized sports betting. Uh, I know it just got introduced to Daily Fantasy last year, uh, last year or the year before. Uh, are you seeing an increase in interest in it with each year that's gone on? <laughs> I wouldn't say so. I mean, I've I've been doing it for several years. I find I I think it's it's so far staying pretty stable. It's a small market. I mean, yeah. lines are released really late, the day of, like eleven a.m. sometimes, and uh, you know if there is an edge, the lines move quick. And, and 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 abruptly like three or four points if, if there is an edge so it just goes to show that you know a small number of betters are moving lines pretty pretty uh, pretty abruptly so yeah uh, you know it's still a very small market but that's good because you can find those edges and uh, and definitely take advantage of them gotcha all right let, let's move it back over to the NBA side of things where I mean, we saw just so many moves made in the offseason. How are you going to approach this season with so many different rosters and, you know, just just like a lot of unknown going into this season, especially at the beginning, too? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I love it. See, for me, that is, that is perfect. I love it because I actually typically do really well at the beginning of the NBA season. I was hitting like 62% for the first two full months of the NBA season last year. And that is because, um, you know, there is, there are a lot of changes at the beginning of the season. So I think books are kind of, you know, it's a little bit more of a guessing game at the beginning, like their numbers, they don't know just as much as right. everyone else. Right. So they're kind of just, you know, throwing out a little bit of numbers. So that's where I find at the beginning of the season where you can really find some edges before, you know, 10, 15 games in, of course, there's a lot more numbers and data and so forth. And then, you know, the numbers stabilize, but I find at the beginning, if you do your due diligence, you do your research, and, you know, you, you read uh, about, you know, you clearly look at all the rosters and all the players and, you know, the different coaching changes and, and their philosophies, how they're going to implement their philosophies. Um, I find you can really find re some really good edges at the beginning of the season. Indeed. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I am as well. Uh, I know we talked a little before we got on the pod about, you know, my Brooklyn Nets. We'll get there at the end because I got, I got some questions <laughs> sort of in that landscape. But just, I guess just in terms of betting NBA, uh, are you more of like a, I don't know, like a money line better, a, a points better? Do you ever dabble with the totals, like, you know, uh, you know halftime lines, uh, live bets? How, how, what's your approach exactly? So I would say mainly full game um, and uh, both that total, there's edges and totals and there's edges on the side. So it just depends. It depends what information I have and where that information is best applied. Sometimes that information is best applied on a total in terms of, you know, the pace I think of a game, a game is going to be a coach is saying, well, you know, the next game we need to speed up the pace. Well, I think, 
you know, that's usually best applied with respect to a total or, you know, if it's if, if I'm getting information about how a team is, you know, I think they're going to come out a certain way and they're going to approach that game and they have a ton of motivation, well, then that's best applied to the side. So it's really based on the information uh, for me, sides and totals. I do play some uh, some halftime plays. Of course, there's edges there. I have like some really favorite bet halftime bets for sure that I take advantage of, but mostly full game, um, you know, sides and totals. Very cool. All right. So kind of want to move into a different area here. Now I want to talk about, you know, futures, parlays, kinds of, kinds of things like that. I, I guess on one hand, you know, do you, do you feel like those are good bets in basketball with parlays and futures? And I guess the second part to the question would be, you know, any, any bankroll management advice for, uh, for people when betting on basketball? Yeah, for sure. I think parlays, to be honest, aren't very profitable. Um, I know a lot of amateur bettors love parlays. They're fun. You know, it kind of takes, you know, it's a, in some ways it's seemingly easier because you're, you know, play, you know, you think you're getting really good odds or, you know, you're going to cash out or, you know, if you play two, you know, or three money line parlays. But inevitably, there's always one team that messes up the parlay and so forth. And I just think in the long run, parlays are losing game i do play a couple every year where i'm like there's two teams playing and you know they're both six point favorites or whatever and i I really think both of these teams are not gonna lose but i'm not quite sure about them you know beating the spread so i'll rarely play like a you know money line parlay two team or whatever but i won't go more than two team um you know i just yeah i think it's it's a losing that's a losing game for sure yeah, and then uh, and then the second part of the question, yeah, bankroll management is hugely important. I think it's one of the most important things for a long term better. I mean, uh, earlier on that that was my big mistake. I was just totally went rogue in terms of bankroll management. It's hard. You lose like two or three or four games or whatever. You go on a losing streak and then you just start to hammer games and right. you get frustrated and you just throw down a ton of money on a game that you really think is going to win and you lose. You know, you're, that's definitely how you can lose a lot of money and get in a lot of trouble. And yeah, sure, I made those mistakes earlier on and really this business takes a lot of discipline and you know mental discipline and just to kind of take losses like a man move on move on to the next day go to sleep on a losing day it's hard you know you just want to slam your next bet it's hard to say i lost today but or i lost this week or i lost this month even which is very very rare for me (laughs) but of course uh, you know it it happens (laughs) that's why you're on the podcast Derek, you know, not, not a lot of losing months. <laughs> Very rare. <laughs> Very cool. All right, so I know we touched a little bit, uh, you know, upon, you know, having all of that uh, discipline and whatnot, but any any sort of advice that you would uh, give to, to, you know, guys and gals that are trying to, you know, make a name for themselves in this industry and, um, you know, just, I don't know, like any sorts of readings that you've done or, or anything like that, that, that would help anybody kind of not be in the red on a regular basis. Well, I think that's, I think for me, the my biggest lesson learned was like when I first started, I just didn't put a, a ton of time into it. And I just thought like, I've, 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 I used to play basketball at a pretty high level. I actually played in the uh, ABA at the time. Oh, no. American nice. Basketball Association. Yeah, so it's kind of semi-pro or whatever. What, uh, so, what team uh, were you on? Played, 
it was an expansion team in Canada. I think they kind of went bankrupt. It was a terrible, terrible league. The but it wasn't because you were playing bad, though, of course. It, it was the other guys. It was the other guys. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, I wasn't quite good enough, of course, to make the NBA, but I made it to semi-pro up to the pretty good level at the time. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it was a Montreal. It was a Montreal team up in Canada that uh, expanded. I think they lasted two or three years. But, uh, yeah, so did that for a year. It was pretty good. I mean, I was getting paid to play the game. I love so I mean I couldn't complain but uh, that only lasted a year so I played yeah very high level and uh, just knew the game really really well um, I mean you know I'm I'm 40 now as you know since I was 10 years old so about 30 years of just following basketball just super passionate about it that's all I watch that's all I follow that's all I played I focused on that since I was you know 10 years old so um then I just thought you know like maybe five years ago I was like well why don't I apply all this knowledge and kind of dabble for fun one of my buddies you know started up you know an account and I did the same thing you know you know threw down two hundred dollars got the double the bonus so you know I had four hundred dollars in an account and of course lost it really quick I was just square better, just throwing money on, you know, oh, this team is so good. They're, of course, going to, you know, beat the spread or whatever. I just thought it was so easy. But, of course, when the spread comes into play, it's tight, you know, I, but I didn't realize at the time. I just thought it was going to be really easy. And, uh, yeah, so I lost. I lost several times. I had to kind of redeposit, redeposit, redeposit. And then, sure enough, the biggest lessons learned for me was, you know, you have to put in the time. It's not as easy as it looks. And the more time you put in, the, the better you're going to get at it and uh, it took a long time it took years it took a long time to really get good have that experience hone your craft and uh, of course in that that first account I opened over time they banned me so I have been banned from you know several accounts just uh, from you know of course doing well and uh, which is kind of a problem in the in the business right now is uh, I'm finding that uh some books are very quick to limit and uh, ban, um, um, you know, good, uh, good betters, which is kind of a shame, but uh, it is what it is. And yeah, so that that's for me, the biggest piece of advice is really put in the time and uh, you will be rewarded. Do your research, do your due diligence and do your analysis and, and you will get better at it for sure. Well, not only are you, are you a good basketball better, but you can obviously read my question sheet from the other side of things over here, because one of the next questions I was going to ask, you know, <laughs> I, I know that it's very rare for uh, maybe like a recreational better for this to happen too. But pe- as you mentioned, people get banned from books, uh, you know, for, for just being too good or they get banned from their local bookie, whatever the case is. What's your advice to not getting banned from those sports books and local bookies? Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's not going to happen to everyone. It's very rare. Like I haven't been banned by every single book. You know, there's some books that I'm still, you know, to this day, full, full account. Some are harder than others. I'm not going to name names, but you know, there are some square books and some, you know, sharper ones that are more difficult right. to beat. You know, the, the square ones you can get limited very quickly because the edges are at soft lines. But and, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, back in the day, the, the whole thing was, well, you, you have about 10 K and and once you win, you know, 10K, they're going to start to have a look at your account or whatever. That's only some, that's some of the really square ones. I would say offshore, the the, the big names there, the, they're really quick to limit. So um, I don't know, it really, I, for me, it's kind of been all over the place. There was one that I was limited literally after 
you know, not even that much profit. I was shocked. I was like a thousand dollars and I was limited right away. Uh, actually just a couple of weeks ago, it was a local book limited me like after not that much, not that much profit. So I think it's just getting a little bit harder uh, for some of them, some of the ones with looser lines, but I don't know, maybe throw a couple degenerate parlays in there and uh, lose a couple bet, you know, go for, go for like, you know, some really high odds, like plus 500 and, you know, maybe they won't flag your account as quickly <laughs> yeah no it, it is interesting because i know that you know it is something that's happened in the past i mean i know myself like i'm on the you know FanDuel book and uh you know DraftKings, my bookie uh places like that so i don't think they're gonna you know be coming to anybody too hard but yeah absolutely it, i mean it is still something that happens out there so figured that we would ask about it now and another question that i wanted to ask you since you are uh, a basketball player that you know has obviously played at a high level. I just wanted to get your thoughts on live betting because it's kind of like you know when I bet basketball, sometimes you know look, it, it's tough to to place a bet at the beginning of a game and you know necessarily know where it's going. But with live betting, I do feel that there is some sort of value. You know, like if you have a seven point spread and that team is you know starting to get clocked around at the beginning of the game, odds are they're probably going to come back at some point. So I guess the the first question is, have you ever done live betting? And the second question, you know, how how do you take that approach to what you know about basketball and the live betting? Yeah, absolutely. I love live betting. I think there's tons of profits to be made. I think you have to be careful. I think you can lose a lot of money live betting. I think you have to be really disciplined. I felt like when I first started live betting, it was just kind of, you know, you're, you're just throwing the money. And then if you lose or the, the, the odds go against you right away, then you're like, oh, I'm going to throw down more, throw down more, throw down more. So it can be really dangerous. Yeah. So you have to be even more disciplined live betting, I think, than, than, than before the game because there you're just throwing the money down in the pregame and boom you let it ride the whole game whereas with live betting you can get in the hole really quickly but uh i do find if you watch the game and you know the game really well you you're definitely i mean it's just like a you know an algorithm for these live live books where you know they're not watching the game so they're not adjusting the lines right. accordingly so if you watch the game and and you know it really well you know pre-game what the strategies were and so forth and you think you know second half or whatever a team is going to start slowing it down usually they come out really fast and uh, so you can really find some edges there, especially halftime. I find one of my favorite bets is if, you know, home team, a good home team is, you know, down big at halftime and they're and they're not like throwing in the towel. Usually the books won't adjust enough. So that's one of that's really one of my favorite bets is when I know it like usually you're going to get a backdoor there. The home team is really going to come back because they're not going to want to disappoint their fans. They're not going to kind of, you know, keep staying down 20 or whatever, especially if they're good. You know, there's some te teams that are terrible and you're not going to want to back them. Even second half, like Phoenix, Phoenix last year would go down 20 and then they'd still lose by 24, 25 sometimes. So you have to kind of pick and choose your spots. But yeah, definitely live betting. You can, it's hard, it, like... For me, I, I place a lot of bets live for sure. But in terms of, uh, you know, sports predictor, it, it's tough to post because immediately lines are changing, lines are changing yeah. all the time. So, but yeah, no, I would definitely uh, recommend live betting. But one of, my, one of, the, one of the rules I had, um, less so now, but earlier on, I made a rule that I wasn't going to place a bet on a game that I wasn't watching. So I would have to be watching it. 
uh, now I'm getting I'm a lot better at it and I can really find some edges. But at the beginning, I was like, I have to be watching it. Yeah, definitely. Hey, I take that same approach. Even baseball, whatever the case is, got to be watching. A few more questions that I want to ask you. The last one's going to be a two-prong question. But one, um, what are your expectations for this season? Not necessarily in terms of NBA teams, but how do you see kind of the betting landscape playing out in the NBA this season? Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, last year, of course, uh, overs at the beginning of the season were just crazy profitable um, because of the rule change of, you know, little little contact or whatever it was called, uh, freedom of movement. So overs were, you know, they and it took a long time for them to adjust to that rule. Uh, it took a long time for uh, teams, players and and books to adjust to that rule change. If the totals were flying over. So this year it'll be interesting i mean i still i think it's still a ways away i'm really focused on WNBA right now but uh stuff like that i really have to get into and uh and get a feel for how the beginning of the season is going to start especially with a lot of teams having some big changes so how is that going to impact things usually it does take time for teams with big changes to kind of get into a rhythm both you know for 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 betting on the side and for the total usually you know it'll be lower scoring or whatnot and you know it takes time for teams with big changes to get going um and they might be overvalued just because they have huge names but if they're like haven't played together and you know they're still getting their chemistry that's where you can kind of uh go against some of those teams very cool all right so to cap it off here i know a lot of the listeners they they've probably already been educated on a little bit more basketball already just from listening but um, whether these guys want to uh, use the information for for a game or for a future bet, whatever the case is, uh, what are what are two teams? Well, I guess you know one on each end of the spectrum. Who do you feel is undervalued going into the season right now, and who do you feel is a very overrated team going into the season? Well, I think an undervalued team, for even last year. And I think even more so this year will be um, off the top of my head. I would say the Sacramento Kings. I love them. Last year, I really loved watching that team play. They developed some really good team chemistry. Such a great home team, great home crowd. Um, but they're still flying under the radar, I think. So um, I think they're going to be really good. Um, they might. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. So that, that'll be an undervalued yeah, team. And I just want to sure. ask you real quick, with you know Luke Walton being there, uh, you know what sort of impact do you think he's going to have? I think he's going to have a really good impact because he's young and that team is young. They're running gun. That's the way they like to play. And that's the way he likes to coach. He's coming from Golden State, of course. And that's how they played, um, you know, when he was head coach and they went on their 20 game run. He was just like he really likes to let the players loose and let them play and run up and down. He's a player's coach. Um, That's that's his reputation. So I think he's going to be a great fit in uh, Sacramento. Okay, very cool. And then the uh, the overrated team going into this season. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need the. There's list so of many. Teams. There's so many. I know. Um, 
I think an overrated team. Well, I think at the beginning, uh, well, I think another undervalued team will be Toronto Raptors actually, because everyone's going to be, yeah, I know they're still going to be good. I mean, they're still going their championship team and they're going to have a chip on their shoulder because everyone thinks they're going to be terrible. So, or not terrible, but not as good as they were last year. So I think they're going to be, uh, there's going to be some value with the Raptors as well. And, um, and if friend, uh, Fred Van Fleet starts having more babies, you know, he'll just get better and better. That's right. <laughs> just needs to pop them out every year yeah. during playoffs. T- time it per- perfectly. Hell, get one in November. We'll get one in February. One for the playoffs. You know they'll be fine That's this right. year. They'll be fine. That's right. I think. I, I mean. I think the Lakers are definitely gonna. They always are. You know. They will. They were last year. I think they will be again this year, especially at the beginning. It's gonna take time. LeBron doesn't really care as much about the regular season as he used to. I think he's gonna have. A, I think he's gonna be a little bit more ma- motivated this year than he definitely. was last year. But it's gonna take time. There's a lot of changes on that team for sure. However, they're so hyped. LeBron's on the team. AD. So I think. Uh, I think that'll be a team where you. Can and kind of go against, especially for the 10, first 10, 15 games. I mean, look, when you went to Miami, they had a losing record after the first, you know, 20 games or whatnot, and then, you know, won some rings. So I think it's going to take them a while to get going as well. So that's, uh, yeah, that's one. All right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, Derek, where can the folks find you on Twitter? So, yeah, like a couple of years ago, uh, of course, after, you know, just uh, betting on my own, I, I decided to open a Twitter account. Uh, you know, I called it uh, at one NBA insider with no E on the insider. No E, folks. So, no E. No E. So one NBA insider. So uh, DR at the end. And uh, yeah, you know, I've been posting those plays there for the past two full seasons, uh, both NBA and now WNBA is my second season. And uh, every single play posted on there and I've uh, shown, you know, profit, uh, you know, really good profit in every single regular season playoffs for both leagues. Um, like I said, I was hitting 60% at one point, ended up NBA at around, uh, you know, around 56%, even closer to 57% both seasons. Uh, NBA, same thing. Saw quite a bit of profit there. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my Twitter. Um, I'm not super active on it right now just because I have a couple locked accounts. I, you know, a couple of people, you know, tipped me off that they were stealing my plays and selling the, selling my plays for profit. So I decided to kind of be a little bit more limited there and uh, uh, lock some accounts. Yeah, Twitter's a... Twitter is an interesting place, so I did it for a couple of years, and uh, now I feel like I'm off to uh, bigger and better things with Sports Predictor, so I'm pretty excited. Very cool. And uh, by the way, uh, just to let the people know, uh, what exactly are you going to be doing for Sports Predictor this season? Yeah, so I'm doing uh, NBA, and uh, well, I'm, I'm going to start with WNBA. Uh, hopefully, that's going to that's going to get going in the next uh, week or two, and then uh, so WNBA uh, end of the regular season, and then playoffs, and then. Uh, of course, in the fall, we uh, we're gonna launch NBA. So I'll be posting my plays pretty, I think, exclusively on Sports Predictor. Uh, I'll be uh, nice. not very active on Twitter as much anymore. Very cool, very cool. Well, Derek, we had a great conversation here tonight. Very excited to uh, finally tip this first game off. Uh, you know, so once again, make sure you go follow Derek at One NBA Insider without the E there. And again, sportspredictor.com is where you're going to find not only Derek's, but a lot of other professional bettors uh, sharing their best plays on there. 
Derek, once again, thank you for joining us this evening. I'm sure we're going to hear plenty of you uh, during the basketball season. Thank you very much. Thanks All for right. having me. All right. Sounds good. All right, folks. We'll hear from you next time.